I lift up mine eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Would you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There was a guy walking down a street when all of a sudden he fell into a deep hole. The walls were so steep that he couldn't climb out and he began to cry for help. A doctor passed by and looked down in the pit and the man yelled up, Hey, I'm stuck down here. Can you help me out? The doctor thought about it for a moment. He wrote a prescription and he threw it down into the hole for the man. Then a preacher came walking by and the guy shouted up, Hey, Reverend, I'm stuck down here in this hole. Can you help me out? The pastor slowly put his hands together and he said, Oh, Lord, please deliver this man from this pit. Amen. And he kept walking. Next, a sweet older woman from the local church came up. And the man yelled, please help me, I'm stuck down here and I can't get out. The woman looked right into the man's eyes and she said, Sonny, don't you know that God only helps those who help themselves? And with that, she kept walking. Finally, a friend walked up and the man shouted, hey, it's me down here, can you help me out? And the friend, he jumped right into the hole. The first guy said, are you dumb? Now we're both stuck down here. And the friend said, yeah, but I've been down here before, and I know the way out. A relatively recent poll found that better than 8 in 10 Americans think that God, who helps, them, God helps those who help themselves is in the Bible. In fact, more than half the people who responded to the poll were strongly convinced it is one of the major messages of Scripture. 8 in 10 people. It's not in the Bible. Do you know where it actually comes from? There are hints of it in Greek mythology, but it became popular by Benjamin Franklin in Poor Richard's Almanac, published in 1736. And yet a majority of people in our country think that it is a major aspect of Christianity, that it comes straight from the lips of Jesus. God helps those who help themselves. Of course, there is some very small truth to the statement. After all, if we sit around at our dinner tables and we pray for God to miraculously provide us with food, we're going to be disappointed. We can eat because God has blessed us with creation and through things like employment, we can afford to provide food for our tables. God helps us because we work to help ourselves. Likewise, focusing in school, listening to our spouses... Nurturing our children, these things result in our lives being better because we have worked for them to be better. But that pales in comparison to how God helps those who help themselves has been used by Christians to avoid our obligation to help other people. Like the woman passing by the man in the hole, it blinds us from our responsibility a responsibility toward other people. It frees us from feeling guilty for the broken world outside of our respective bubbles. But the truth is this. Some people cannot help themselves. 
societal discrimination, generational poverty, institutional racism, and a host of other problems prevent people from helping themselves. Some people, in fact many people, are in holes so deep with walls so steep that they cannot climb out without help. About a year ago, some of the pastors in Stanton got together to talk about ways we could minister to the homeless population in our community. We asked ourselves how our respective churches could work together to help people that cannot help themselves. At first, we debated the pros and the cons of establishing something like a computer lab to help individuals apply for jobs. The thought being that if they found work, they could have an income and they would no longer be homeless. We discussed offering weekly classes in reading, mathematics, and financial management at the Valley Mission to teach the important skills necessary for breaking free from the cycle of homelessness. But in the end, only after we actually sat down with some of our homeless community members here in this town, we discovered that what they really needed were showers and a place to do their laundry. What we failed to realize is that all the best training, all the best teaching would be meaningless if those individuals showed up for a job interview wearing the same clothes they've been sleeping in for months. We, the pastors, you know, the good Christians, the one that get to wear these fancy dresses and stoles at the front of church on Sunday, we had walked past that hole so many times and decided how to fix the problem from the edge of the hole rather than jumping into the hole to help in the first place. The church, I mean Big C Church, cannot shrug off the responsibility to help others with the use of another trite and cliche sentence because God over and over again commands his people to take care of the poor, take care of the widow, take care of the orphan, take care of the needy. All you got to do is open up your Bible, just scan through the Old and the New Testaments, and this story comes over and over and over again. In Leviticus, God commands the farmers not to harvest all the way to the edge of the fields. Certain amounts of produce were supposed to be left for the poor and the immigrant. Instead of consuming it themselves or selling it for a profit, a portion was to be left for those who were not able to make ends meet and for the strangers in the land. In another part of the Old Testament, God says that compassion for others is itself a form of worship. There are times when the priests and the religious leaders heaped up sacrifice after sacrifice. They had the perfect worship services. They had all the right prayers and the right songs and the best sermons. And God tells them their worship is lifeless. What difference does it make if we show up at a place like this for an hour a week if we ignore the people God tells us to take care of the rest of the week? In the New Testament, Jesus is forever going from town to town seeking out the last and the least and the lost. And when he finds them, the sick and the needy, does he say, you know, God will help you if only you help yourself. When the hungry crowds gather to hear Jesus speak, does he command the disciples to tell the 5,000 that God will give them food if they go get it for themselves? No. Jesus helps them. He connects with their brokenness and he brings healing. He sends the abandoned back to the villages that disown them. He feeds 
the hungry out of the abundance of the grace of God. He helps people precisely because they cannot help themselves. Have you ever felt like you're the one down in the pit? Have you ever encountered a moment in your life that you felt was so suffocating and oppressive that you knew you couldn't get out on your own? Have you lost a job or a spouse or a child? Have you received a frightening diagnosis or a horrible tip about the stock market or a habit that you just couldn't kick? We can claw all we want. We can plead on our knees with our hands clasped in the air, but sometimes the only way out of the pit is if someone else jumps in to help us find the way out. From where will our help come? We lift our eyes to the hills and to the edge of the pit and we see that our help comes from the Lord. The Lord who sends a friend to jump into the pit with us, into the depths of our despair. The Lord who never abandons us when we feel alone. The Lord who was willing to jump into the pit of humanity and be born into this fractured world of ours. That, my friends, is the whole point. We help others who cannot help themselves because God helped us when we could no longer help ourselves. God came into this world as a baby in the deep pit of fear and suffering of a couple all alone in the world. God went to the margins of society in Jesus to sink low into the stink of the world and offer hope. God went to broken families and battered spouses and abandoned children to show them the way out. God went to the very depth of death so that we could find the way to salvation. Tomorrow, some of us who work will not have to because of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It is a day set apart each year to remember the man who led this country through a particularly horrible period of racial injustice. His life and his teachings and his marches and his protests all bear witness to his willingness to jump into the pit of other people's suffering in order to help them find a way out. So I told the story I'm about to tell you to all of our preschool parents at the Christmas pageant. So if you've heard this one before, I apologize. A father was with his four-year-old daughter last Christmas, and it was the first time she'd ever asked what the holiday meant. He explained that it's all about the birth of Jesus. And the more they talked, the more she wanted to know about this guy. So he bought a kid's Bible and read to her every single night. And she loved it. They read the stories of Jesus' birth and his teachings, and the daughter would ask her father to explain some of the things that Jesus said, like, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. They would talk about how Jesus teaches us to treat people the way we want to be treated. They read and they read, and at some point the daughter said, Dad, I really like this Jesus guy. Right after Christmas, they were driving around town and they passed by a Catholic church with an enormous crucifix on the front lawn. The giant cross was impossible to miss, as was the figure who was nailed to it. The daughter quickly pointed out the window and she said, Dad, who's that? He realized in that moment that he never told her the end of the story. So he began explaining how that man was Jesus. 
and how he ran afoul of the Roman government because his message was so radical and unnerving that they thought the only way to stop his message was to kill him. And they did. And the daughter was silent. A few weeks later, after going through the whole story of what Christmas meant, the preschool his daughter attended had the day off in celebration of Martin Luther King Jr., The father decided to take off the day as well and that he was going to spend the day with his daughter and they went out to lunch together. While they were sitting at a table, they saw the local newspaper's front page story with a picture of Dr. King on the front. The daughter pointed at the picture and she said, Dad, who's that? Well, he began, that's Martin Luther King Jr. He's the reason you're not in school today. We're celebrating his life. He was a preacher. And she said, For Jesus? He said, yes, for Jesus. But there was another thing he was famous for. He had his own message. He said that you should treat everyone the same no matter what they look like. And she thought about that for a minute. And she said, Dad, that sounds a lot like do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Dad said, yeah, I never thought about it like that, but it is just like what Jesus said. The young girl was silent for a brief moment and she looked up at her dad and she asked, Dad, did they kill him too? If we're serious about following Jesus, it's going to cost us. It might not cost us our lives, but it might cause embarrassment or ridicule or shame. It might cost us money or time or status. But jumping into the pit for someone else, it comes with a cost. Thanks be to God. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Would you all please pray with me? Mighty God, we confess that we have walked past the pit of the suffering of our friends and our families and even strangers time and time again. And we've neglected to jump in. Instead, we've judged from the edge of the pit. We've offered solutions that fix no problem. Lord, we confess that we have been far too patient with the world and how broken it is. And we pray this day, O Lord, that you would make us impatient, that you would convict our hearts to do something crazy, to jump in, to jump into the suffering of someone we know, a friend, a family member, or even a stranger, to help them find the way out. Amen.